head into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. Barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. And yes, here we are live here in the spoiler room. Oh, I'm excited tonight, folks, because we are back once again. We have uh, brought our ammo and loaded our cannon to take a shot at another cannon fodder film. Uh, this one, 1988 or an 85, excuse no, 88. It was 88, right? Life Force, right? Is 88 or was that 85? Wow, look at me already. I've It's been a long day. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 85. God, you know, Jay, I tell you, crazy times. But yes, folks, 1985, Life Force. Oh, we got a lot to talk about, I think, tonight. And I've got a great crew with us tonight to talk about uh, this uh, classic canon film as part of our canon fodder series. First off, she's back with us in the spoiler room. We'll give it up for Miss Angelique. Hello, Angelique. How are you? Hello, I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us tonight. Good to have a female perspective for this, uh, you know. <laughs> I was a little worried because I'm like, I could use a female perspective just because of the main character and the lack of uh, things the main character wears. So, uh, <laughs> and with us as well tonight, he is back with us in the spoiler room. Always a pleasure to have him. The BFD, it's Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Am I live or am I Memorex? Uh, you're both. I'm Memorex. You're Memorex. <laughs> you got to have your hair blowing back, wasn't it? Or is... <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> In the chair. <laughs> Actually, that works for you. It doesn't work for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm more like a cube. No, what you can do is you can do the, the GI Joe, uh, the big tall ones. You can like eagle eye with the thing you. <laughs> yes. You can do that. I remember that. <laughs> Oh, well, there is no G.I. Joe uh, with us in this film tonight. There are plenty of uh, British astronauts and one American uh, <laughs> in this classic film known as Life Force. Angelique, if you would be so kind, could you give us the synopsis of Life Force for those who may not be familiar with this film? <sighs> What can one say about life folks, really? <laughs> where, where to begin? Okay, so it's um, Haley's Comet and, well, it starts before there. There's a space mission and there's a ship and it's a rescue mission, I'm guessing. And they find some strange things aboard a ship. But the Churchill, the rescue vessel, yes. much like alien mm -hmm. uh, needs to be rescued itself because it goes silent turns out it's been destroyed but the uh cargo that it was transporting which happens to be 
a naked lady and two naked dudes <laughs> and a bat creature that they never uh, elaborate any more on. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, brought back to London. Um, they think these three naked people are dead, but it turns out that they're electric space vampires and they go on a rampage and get chased all over the world. Um, one of the astronauts on the second rescue mission um, actually escaped in the escape pod, but he has a psychic bond with the queen vampire. And there's a whole lot of bureaucratic British scenes, so you kind of lose a little bit in the middle. Um, but then you get an excellent Patrick Stewart mind morph. And then I, it kind of trails off, but then the astronaut and the queen vampire meld and they find a way to kill her and have her spirit whisked back with Haley's comet and the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what you really need to know about Life Force is she is naked. <laughs> naked. <laughs> the whole time. No, not the 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 last minute she's wearing a a, a robe a, a robe thing. Oh, her Elvira robe that she yeah. takes off. Well, I mean she does, but she was wearing it for a little while. So she's not naked throughout the entire it thing. It wasn't closed, Mark. For well, it was kind of draped over, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but then she undraped it. Uh, well, she did undrape she was, it. She was in an advanced <laughs> state of nude. <laughs> Which I have a protest point. You know, we get to see her Matilda Mays the whole time and her butt, but never once, never once do we get a glimpse of a male behind or a male be front. <laughs> no, we don't. I was, uh, su that surprised me actually when a little bit when you get to, because the astronauts arrive, they're investigating Haley's Comet, they find. No, not the spaceship from 2010, but it looks like the spaceship from 2010 from a distance. Anyway, uh, and they show up and they find the three naked folks in crystals. And yeah, where the guy's junk is, it's all like where the crystal has fogged up. Yeah, But she's dead center, brightly lit, all naked. <laughs> She's not just naked. She's naked. She's naked. She is naked N with intent. <laughs> naked with intent. Nice. <laughs> Known as Space Girl and only given seven minutes total of screen time. And most of that screen time, she was completely naked. Uh <laughs> Well, now that we got the naked out of the way, uh, Glenn, do you remember when you first saw Life Force? I'm sure it'll come up again. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater. Because um, I had a friend's brother who worked there, so we got to see all the rated R movies. Um, and if not, if it wasn't that, I know I saw it on HBO or Skinamax or one of those channels. Um, I watched it several times, you know. For research purposes. 
<laughs> I think you broke Angelique. You okay, you okay Angelique? I'm fine. I think even, even though, you know, my suspension of disbelief is pushed well beyond any acceptable limit less than 20 minutes into the movie. So... Why, why? Why is your suspension of disbelief pushed in twenty minutes into the There is no way these aliens would have ended up in England because there's no way the United States would have gone up there and said, "Oh, look, alien people in a pod. We'll just give these back to England." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the challenge. The Challenger went up and rest and saved. Yeah, or, you know, investigated the the burned out Churchill. Yeah, no, the, 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 and just, and then the U.S. just said, "Yes, we'll give these over because we're such a sharing giving country." Oh, it was uh, it was a Columbia, I think it was. Oh, right? Columbia, yeah. whichever one. It, it was a shuttle. Yeah, but yeah, the U.S. the U.S. goes up there to rescue the joint British U.S. Uh, venture to go study Halley's comet. They find it all burnt to hell. Uh, everybody's dead just about, uh, except for our, our vampire aliens. And yeah, you're right. There's no way. What's the, you, what's <laughs> they reported back to the, uh, headquarters. Hey, we've got three live people in crystal cases here. Yeah. The U S wouldn't go. Oh, give them. No, it would, it would have been, uh, yep. Everything burned up. In fact, they would have said three naked people. The U S definitely would have said. No, we're we're keeping yeah, them. <laughs> and in all honesty, the British would have probably said, "Take them. <laughs> we don't want any nakedness in our country." <laughs> Depending on if the censors were around. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean the this film goes all. It's weird. The film goes all over the place. I mean, the thing is with this canon film, there's a budget here. It's like. Well, here's when where all the where here's where all that missing in action and death wish money went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got some they got some names for this film behind the camera as well as in front. It would it's it it blew me away watching the credits and the and the opening title. Just who was involved in this? Uh, Angelique, do you remember when you first saw Life Force? Um, I saw it a little later. Um, it had to been late nineties when I saw it. Sure. I picked up another Joe Bob book. <laughs> yeah. Was on the quest to watch every movie in that, and he had talked about it in that one. So, yeah, it was late nineties. And would you? And it was one I did not feel comfortable watching with my parents <laughs> they're not vampire fans they're not vampire no fans. they detest vampires that's where i get it from uh yeah <laughs> i saw it later too i i i rented it i think uh later on in um but because for research purposes at that age but anyway of course, of, of course. well I, young teenager guy of course but you gotta learn uh, about every kind of vampire that's right you you need to know that vampire knowledge you know 
Um, but again, uh, going back to the credits, what boggles my mind and and Angelique, maybe you let me know. Did, does it surprise you just what people were involved in this type of film? I mean, there's a budget, but there's names in this film. Yeah, the, my jaw kind of dropped watching it for the episode you mm-hmm. know, today. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and, <laughs> and you can tell that these people were involved. You know, by the I mean, just the look of the film alone. Well, not to mention the effects. I mean, the floating in the spaceships, the spaceships themselves, then getting into the creatures, you know, the facilities, the people getting sucked dry, you know, and that's not a euphemism. They literally get sucked into mummies. <laughs> they, they do. They get, but they're not dead, though. They don't get sucked completely dead right away, which I thought was an interesting twist in that their their bodies are still kind of alive. They had their life force sucked out of them. And so then they, in turn, grab someone and suck their life force out. But it only lasts a couple hours. So, you know. Just like. Just like a kitten, they got to feed every two hours. You got to feed every two hours. <laughs> yeah, it, it it just, I mean, and I'm watching the credits. I'm like, wait, Henry Mancini does the music, though. Uh, there were uh, there are some cues out there that have Michael Kamen's music in here as well. I think they were trying to get James Horner in the beginning, which would have definitely been interesting to do the music. But uh, who's it? John Dykstra. Freaking John Dykes. This is the special effects guy. I mean, he he worked on so much and was known for so many things. And here he's doing this really odd telling of the Dracula story with a completely naked alien and zombie, but not zombies. And this film just, just the the scope that it built. I mean, you just blows my mind and then Patrick Stewart shows up. <laughs> I mean the people in this Glenn I mean I guess yeah but Patrick Stewart wasn't really known at that point yeah that's true I guess yeah I mean I think like his biggest role would have been what Excalibur yeah that's true we played the underground yeah but I mean still when you think of Patrick Stewart you don't think of him being in a film like this <laughs> Though I mean he wasn't he wasn't gleaming the cube. He wasn't gleaming the cube, so yes. <laughs> so he's well he's an actor, so you know, wherever you can get a job, I guess, and also, you know, stretching your acting chops, maybe. I don't know. Yes. St- stretching something. <laughs> Does it surprise you, Glenn, at all that this actually though considering who's making it? And and what type of story and stuff that it does actually doesn't take place on U.S. soil pretty much at all. We actually it is actually a sci-fi film that doesn't take place in the U.S. Yeah, I mean that kind of bucks that, it. That is it is different, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, and in what way would you say that it mostly makes it different for something like this versus? 
is, is maybe less propaganda less i mean what what do you, would you say makes it the most different just besides being british <laughs> well everyone has a board up their ass <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, I mean, everyone is so dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are very driving. Even when, even when they're sitting there, I love this because they've got the scene where they've got the victims of the of the vampire of Space Girl, as she's been titled. We just call her Naked Space Man. Huh? Girl. Space Girl. I saw a lunar. Oh wait, no, that's, that's never mind. <laughs> Not that Space Girl. No. Uh, <laughs> um. So we see the victims of that, but even when these guys are, they're like living corpses, everybody's just like, oh, he got up after two hours, or oh, I know what's going on. And it's just like, dude, you just watched this guy explode into ash, and they're just like, oh. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. (laughs) I know what's going on. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but you're, you're you're right everybody is rather dry i mean even when they see that shows you the difference though in culture too angelique because even when they see space girl sans clothing walking around those guards even they were just like oh she's naked <laughs> <laughs> that one the older guard is a Excuse me, Miss. (laughs) She just just walked past naked. He's like, "Excuse me, Miss." Like, this is an everyday occurrence type of thing. Uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) Bless him. I pulled up some. uh, I pulled up a, 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 some of the uh, trivia for this, and uh, apparently there's behind-the-scenes photos where our uh, Mathilda May was chatting with the cast just completely naked. They never, She never tossed a robe on or anything, even behind the scenes. Apparently she was very comfortable with nudity. Why bother? That's true. I mean, you're in front of the camera all the time naked, so, you know. And I guess during the filming of many of May's first scenes, there were suspiciously many carpenters and construction workers present, so the remaining of her scenes were on a filmed closed set. (laughs) Oh, I think I've got to nail that board up there for the entire scene. Hey, I've not seen a naked lady since the last time I was at the Renaissance Center Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Must see if anything's changed. <laughs> Though, Angelique, it does explain why you didn't see the men. Oh, By con- Due to censorship rules, it forbade full male nudity. So they had to wear flesh-colored socks over their genitals in case they were inadvertently picked up by the cameras. How dare. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs) That's just stupid. I'm sorry. As the president and founding member of the Jason Statham's Butt Appreciation Club, I fully denounce those regulations. 
and call for their immediate reversal. <laughs> Re- release, release the junk cut. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Glenn, Glenn's like, this is how I'm spell- spending this this evening of mine. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Glenn. I feel very strongly about that's just fine. It may surprise you, Glenn, that the movie was shut down one time because they had run out of money. <laughs> it is canon, after all, right? Yes. We we what is one of the things about this film that surprises you, Glenn? I'm I'm curious. You know, <laughs> one of surprises me that that's surprising for the type of film that it is what would what would you say one of the things that might surprise you in this film if anything <laughs> well it really surprised me mm-hmm. i mean i suppose i mean for for a 1980s movie the fact that they had her full frontal that often mm-hmm. and this was actually released in theaters and not like under a an X rating. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, nothing's like really surprising from it. I mean, it's a canon movie. <laughs> it, is. It, it, it meanders and weaves and bobs and goes everywhere and, you know, has, has a very, very loose connection to itself. <laughs> it does. Well, I mean, this film. What surprises me with this film is the scope. Oh, like it explodes in scope. I mean, we go from we go from this uh, the alien ship, which apparently was supposed to be look like a penis. Go figure. Mm. Um, <laughs> which you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. You look at that radar outline and you're just like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Bait and tackle. Um, <laughs> riding Haley's Comet. There you go. Um, but apparently they had a lot more scenes in on that on that ship. And so when this film first starts out, you think it's going to be about this crew that we spend a chunk of time with in the opening that are investigating Haley's Comet and that find our aliens. And then by the time, then like 20 minutes later, it's like, you know, 30 days later, you know, Mr. Mr. SpongeBob voice. Suddenly we see the shuttle, but they're not responding. You're like, uh oh. And we learn like everybody but one person we were introduced at the beginning of this movie are dead. (laughs) Well, that besides the naked aliens. Um, And then it goes from them tracking down just this one alien who is uh able to suck the life force which is a cool angle but then angelique where does it go for there she she doesn't just she can't just suck the life force now she so now not only she can jump bodies yeah what... when how what, what did this what did it so why does she have the naked lady body in the first place why wasn't she just a bat hmm? huh <laughs> And where did they get the human body idea from? Because they were in space on a oh oh no 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 she took that she 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 when they entered oh, that's the, right. she had already formed a psychic bond with uh uh 
the one dude. The American, is, yeah. She pulled, she pulled the image out of his mind. That's right. I forgot that. Yeah, that's right. At the end, we do get actually some exposition. She doesn't have a whole lot of lines, namely because, well, she never spoke English before this film. So she actually learned English while on set. <laughs> so they limited her lines, I imagine, in the beginning. Uh, but she learned, and that's right, you're right, that they explained that away, that when they stepped on the ship, when it came on the ship, she uh, connected with the hitchhiker. I mean, um, Colonel <laughs> Tom Carlson, um, which if you forget his name, don't worry, you'll know Carlson's name because they say it about 80 times <laughs> throughout the film. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. She committed, She She had the psychic link to him immediately which is that loose retelling then of dracula right because you had what's his name slowly getting drained by dracula or uh not him uh nina nina thank you nina was slowly being drained by dracula uh over time he didn't want to fully kill her so i mean you kind of have that i just couldn't help but for like the first 20 minutes every time i looked at mr tom carlson i couldn't think of anybody but the hitch <laughs> He looks like the hitchhiker. It's like, what, what are you doing, man? Uh, but no, um, he'd go on later to play Ed Gein. So there you go. Uh, and a good Ed Gein at that. And a good Ed Gein. Yes, a good Ed Gein. He he looked very similar to him, uh, to the hitchhiker. But in any case, so then yeah, the, so then we go to that, and then. After that, Glenn, after we get to she can jump bodies, suddenly we have a zombie outbreak. Yeah. It, but that's different than what we were established at the beginning to where they just suck the life force out of it, like one at a time people. Now it's like multiple people. I mean, I, I was trying to figure out where that came from. It just just happened. I mean, Pretty much just happened. <laughs> I mean, were they just throwing? It was, it was the so. What, what, what do we do now? Uh, I mean, you know, we can only have someone walk around naked for so long. <laughs> There's got to be something else to the movie, right? Probably. To so to which again, that's one of those things where I keep coming back to the duty because it's so evident there. Though in the opening, it's like. Yeah, then she decides to jump bodies. It's like for most of this early film where you're fighting, got you're, you're sucking the energy out of guys and confronting guards, you left yourself naked. But then all of a sudden, off camera, you just, while venturing the countryside, you decided, oh, it might be good to get clothes now. So she jumps into the body of a redhead um, who... Yeah, and then she she jumps, and then they try to explain the jump by. It really it had me a lot, and I enjoyed this film from start to finish because it's just batshit crazy. But it seemed like they had a cohesive idea for about a third of this movie, <laughs> and then it just kind of ah, let's do this now. Angelique, does it surprise you where the scope of this like goes? Like just out of nowhere, it seems like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because it's like it, it, it. You're you're on a track. Like okay, all right, space vampires. I dig it. We're on this track. How are they going to stop them? Because obviously, your garlic, your steaks, 
grenades don't kill space vampires. How are we going to stop them? But then all of a sudden we on the MI5 and now we got a, you know, voracious redhead taking advantage of old Irish farmers. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell was that? (laughs) She had to get a ride, I guess, to the mental asylum. I don't know where she was headed. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you, the first question I asked is, how did she get wherever she was that she didn't need to ride back? I mean, she was walking the moors. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she walking pretty quick. If I was trying to figure out, okay, where you went from London to where are you, Scotland? I'm looking at this going. I mean, she wasn't Scotland. Where was she? She was, but she, I mean, she walked a pretty far distance just overnight. Um, uh, you know, because the time frame is a little muddled of just how long she's missing. They they seem to. I mean, it it's is it days? It's hard to tell well, how. Because they did, they had to spend a couple of days in America too. Well, they they because they had to get the astronaut because he went back to America and he actually flew over. Of course, this was back when they had the Concorde, so you know, he yeah. could have made it over quicker. But still, so she was. It's- too much time. It's still, it's like, okay. But yeah, she, she hops into this body of this uh, woman who works in an insane asylum, which is where we, we meet up Patrick Stewart. Not only um, works there, but lives there. He, yeah. I do not want a job as a live-in nurse <laughs> at a hospital for the criminally insane. I'm sorry. Well, no. But, but this nurse then, oh my God. It's like nobody can just be a person in this movie, right, Glenn? Because <laughs> the nurse. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. She she's got something wrong not wrong with her, but she's got a kink. <laughs> it's like I sense that she wants me to force this out of her. And I'm like, wait, what? She's not the only one in that scene with a king. Well, no, because you get the MI5 guy who goes, the, the, he asked, because the American. Well, I'm a voyeur. Because <laughs> fucking Carlson goes, Do you, are you sure you want to be here for this? As he first reveals that she wants me to force this out of her. And I'm like, well, this just took a weird, dark turn. And then you're like, okay, he's going to leave. He's like, no, I've always been a voyeur at heart. And I'm like, what? going on yeah <laughs> it's just and there's this awkward scene where our supposed hero is mentally fighting and forcing this woman the information out of her and she's enjoying this and you're just like what happened to the fun space vampires on the ship <laughs> This is weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> well, uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Patrick Stewart into the mix, and we get this hypnosis serum that they want to inject because she jumped bodies into Patrick Stewart now. And they, they suddenly come to this realization because as, as he goes along, Carlson becomes more and more linked with the vampire and can tell more things, apparently. He gains more 
powers. Um, so they inject it with a lot of this hypno serum and get him locked in a room. And then what happens with Patrick Stewart and our guy Carlson, Glenn? Uh, they go all Nazi melty. <laughs> or no, you're talking. Uh... I'm talking about it in the when when she keeps her image between her and Patrick Stewart, and she's trying to like almost draw Carlson in to kiss her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, it gets it gets all it gets all gay up in there. <laughs> Which I have no problems with, but I'm just watching this going. Not okay. at all. I'm like, I'm just sitting there. It just surprised me. I'm like, we're like, an hour, you're like an hour and a half into the film now, and suddenly you have this moment, and you're like, okay, I didn't see this coming. I mean, that's one thing life force is is unpredictable, and <laughs> where you can see any of these characters going. <laughs> I mean, except, yeah. I mean, except Carlson. You kind of suspect his his tickets punched. I mean, you know, you, you suspect anyway when you find out he's got a, a psychic link to her, um, to Space Girl. Uh, but it's just, it just, it's so wild that this film goes to there. So then they try to do like the power of God compels you and expel the 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 alien out of her, only to to get in a helicopter and find out there's a massive plague outbreak in London. <laughs> yeah. As, as would happen. Movie number five. Movie, like movie number <laughs> five. Cause there's so many stories they keep touching on. Now I haven't read the book that it's based off of, which is aptly called space vampires. Um, with this so i'm not sure how the book went but it just seemed so this story just seems so random just when you get into one storyline it it goes it says oh we're done with that and you're like no i want to see more of that you know <laughs> it's like let's explore more of her taking over patrick stewart's body and, and that whole thing and you know the insane asylum in general which seems to have some weird shit going <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean, it's it's just so all over the place. And then we have we've we got to mention the doctor who's into the death. And yeah. yeah, yeah, Glad. What about our doctor death? I guess we could call it. <laughs> he nuts. <laughs> well, he's the one that gets to drop the title of the film, right? Well, everybody, yeah. everybody has the life force. And I'm like, really? Come on. <laughs> I'm like, did we, do we have to blatantly drop the line? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's it a case. It must be done. It's the 80s. That's true. In, ca in case the audience didn't get the fact that. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is why we call it life force. Like, oh, you know, never mind the fact that we just watched her suck the electricity, whatever, out of the body of a person. Well, yeah, I mean, but if he didn't say, if he didn't say life force, people would have thought let the movie going. Why didn't they call this electric suckers? <laughs> electric. I mean, suckers. that's what I would have called it. Yeah, you know, electric suckers. There you go. That would have that would have been interesting. 
<laughs> that'd be a that's a different movie, I think. <laughs> I watched that one for research purposes. You watched that one for research purposes. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so. Did you? They they over a thousand actresses were considered or interviewed for the role of Space Girl. A thousand. Apparently, Toby Hooper said it was incredibly difficult to find an actress willing to play the role because it was basically just walking around totally naked most of the time and then having sex. <laughs> I... Yeah. <laughs> Glenn's Glenn, like, what? <laughs> Glenn's like, can I audition? No, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a thousand actresses. It was that hard to to find that. I mean, it may it may have been ones that were finding one that was comfortable with it, but also looked the part. Yeah, that's true. And accepting the pay that they're offering you. Yeah, because it is canon. You're not exactly getting paid top dollar, probably for your right. <laughs> for for the role <laughs> according to this trivia it says one casting session a group of german actresses conspired against hooper by all refusing to do the nude scenes they later found out that one of them wanted the role so badly she talked the others into rioting <laughs> so she could possibly get the role uh, <laughs> huh. that yeah, wow. And it was actually called Space Vampires. That's how, of course, Canon marketed it, you know. Um, $25 million in hopes of creating a full-blown blockbuster. But they wanted the title change because they didn't think, uh, because they felt it, <laughs> get this, they felt that the title made it sound like a typical Canon low-budget exploitation movie instead of a typical big-budget <laughs> Canon exploitation movie. <laughs> I mean, it's no Cobra. No, it isn't a Cobra. That's true. This is this is not Cobra. Uh, less action in it. Um, <laughs> but but the effects having John Dykstra in here and the visual effects for the type of movie and story it is. I mean, these mummies, Angelique. What'd you think of the, these mummified beings that could move and fucking walk around and they were freaking creepy. <laughs> they were outstanding. I mean, the one thing I, I don't like about them are the eyes, but you can never get the eyes right in something like that. Yeah. They're always going to look like big ping pong balls. But otherwise, I mean, especially the, the one lady that they found in the park that was all desiccated that blew out the machinery in the laboratory, you know, she was the best one out of all of them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, that, and then the transition from the one who sucked the life force out of the doctor going from mummified to human, yeah, healthy and whole. And then when he needed more life, when he was down in the jail cell, sinking back into the mummy thing and then exploding. Yeah, the explosions were cool as hell. <laughs> the, the dust explosions. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Oh yeah, the one who uh, charged the bars and then just went pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give them a sandwich, y'all. Come on. <laughs> well, that's the thing is the effects. And by sandwich, we mean Stephen. And by yeah. <laughs> we mean Stephen. Uh... <laughs> Steve, get a little closer. No, no, you'll be fine. Get a little closer. No, really. No, no, no. It's good. Good, Steve. Well, you're already half sucked anyway. <laughs> half sucked there. anyway. Just go. Just get near him. That's fine. You know, though, yeah. So, <laughs> who knows? Uh, maybe, uh, you know, Steven would have helped them live longer. They could have done more research. But but they didn't seem too phased either by it. I mean, the, the one uh, prime minister representative was, but the, the MI6 guy was just like, huh. And the other guy was like, oh, that's very interesting that he ran against the bars and he exploded in a, a ball of dust, which, yeah, I mean, all the effects, these effects for the type of weird ass movie, these effects in here for the film it is, is, is are crazy good. I mean, you know, they're not, of course, they must have been running out of budget near the end when they were getting to the crowd scenes with the zombies around, because then the makeup started to look a little janky on <laughs> Some of their zombie folk. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. It's canon. It's canon. <laughs> That's the most you At can At the end say. of the day. At the end of the day, it's canon. And this is why we kind of, well, at least why I find canon films fascinating and I love them because they've got. The, they try to make, and this is a prime, I think this is one of the very prime examples. They try to make a big budget epic, but they're canon. <laughs> so it's like a big budget B-movie. <laughs> it's like straight up exploitation B-movie, but it's got a big budget. So you're just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the the bat, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bat, I was disappointed that we didn't get more bat action in the beginning i mean they 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 took the body of the bat and then they got the three three naked humans i'm like are we gonna do anything with it no it yeah does the bat come to life i want to see the bat come to life yeah or them doing experiments on it or some scene yeah. you know if or do the people turn into the bats i mean if you're gonna rip off a bunch of movies go all out do an autopsy on the bat and have it like come alive <laughs> You know, try to eat them or something. Uh, but no, we don't. We don't get any of that. But we do get some wonderful effects. Uh, but yeah, what's what I I found interesting too is that oh, these are space vampires and we're okay. We're trying to do something new with them, and you're feeling okay with them. That okay, they're bats, but you know. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Well, they can be killed, right, Glenn? What can they be killed yeah. with?" <laughs> Uh, just get yourself a good old metal sword. Put it not in the heart, but right below the heart, where the life force lives. <laughs> so right in the chakra, you know. <laughs> I loved that bit. I love that bit because at first you're like, okay, expecting, oh, okay, drive it through the heart, right? You know, steel or silver or whatever. It's because this guy just happened to have this silver sword. <laughs> On, yeah, yeah. As one does. As as one does. Well, I mean, it's England. I mean, I was going to say, isn't that a rule over there? <laughs> I, think you, I think you're required to, to own a sword. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. Well, did you run it through his heart? No. 
two inches below the heart. I'm like, oh, way to try to be original. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I think these space vampires have been here before, and they're the ones that of legend. And I'm like, wait, what? Angelique, now they're trying to connect the legendary vampires with these vampires? Uh-uh. <laughs> I disallow it. I mean... I reject it. I mean, there is a little bit, you know, the, the, the whole kind of sexual thing, but I'm like... No, those those are biting people. They aren't, like, staring into their eyes and sucking out the energy. Yeah. You would think that would make it into the lore. Lightning shooting out or stealing the life force, but no, these are just like the classic vampires. <laughs> well, we're all vampires in one way or another, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Me eating Cheetos is a form of vampirism. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know. Do you? Are they from people? We are close to Soylent Green years now. No. <laughs> no, no. That's not green Cheetos. Those are regular Cheetos. <laughs> no. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the Cheetos, they're made from people. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just, Glenn, would you call this a a good film? Wow, we don't even get a sigh. We just get a a, a breathing. We just no. <laughs> Is it because it's so sporadic, or what, what would you say? It, it, it just—it's—it's it's so sporadic. The ending is just all of a sudden like, oh, and boom, in space. What? What? <laughs> what was that? What? What just happened? That's the end. That's the end you're going with. Well, yeah, because the whole town is getting their souls sucked. Well, not everybody, but most people, and they're all suddenly pulling this kind of magic scene where everything's. Being collected by the cathedral, by our uh, by our space girl, who we learned is the conduit. The two males collect the souls, but she's the only one that can send it up into the spaceship for whatever reason. <laughs> for the rest of the bad family. For the rest of the bad family, who were all dead as far as we were aware. Um. Yeah, and then Carlson tracks her down, and instead of, you know, doing what he needs to initially, he gets seduced by her because of the connection. And while they're making love, you've got Mr. MI5 or whatever yelling at him. And this is where I was saying, folks, you won't forget Carlson's name at the end of this film because <laughs> he was, like, yelling his name for, like, four minutes. <laughs> it's like that that little video of the the groundhog or whatever going, Alan, Alan, Alan. <laughs> yeah. I'm like sitting up there going, dude, he's getting it. He's, he's having an intimate moment with his space girlfriend and you're up there going, Carlson, 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 Carlson. <laughs> Carlson's like, dude, go away. Go away, man. 
Dude, I'm in the fifth dimension right now. I don't even hear you. <laughs> who, who are you? But then he tosses that sword down, and Carlson, in his infinite wisdom, doesn't just try to kill her. He, he pushes it through himself, too. Which I'm like, there's many ways this could have gone down. Well, because he's, you know, she tells him that she's the same as he is. Uh, he's the same as she is now. Oh, that's, yeah. So he's got to kill himself, too. But he hadn't sucked the energy out of pretty much anybody the whole film. So, I, you know. He's been sucking it out of her. That's, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's true. They were, they're sharing each other on this. So I guess yeah. if he just would have killed her, he would have then had to suck the life force out of someone else. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you're looking for logic in a canon movie. So, I mean, if, if you want to keep going down that road, I mean, pack a big lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really it is unusual. It's mind-boggling looking the money put behind this thing but another prime example much like what we talked about the apple and i'm not bringing it up for just one reason the apple though was a film that they went a big budget on and a big scope on because they wanted to break into the u.s theater market and musicals were still a big thing in the 80s so they thought this was going to be a big hey you know Music, huge sets, very elaborate production design. And this kind of has that. I mean, the spaceship production design, that set and everything, that was pretty impressive for, you know, this film about vampires. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of gave me like they were trying to go for the space equivalent of the vampire mansion, maybe. You know, the way it was designed um it looked like a beehive it did look like a beehive it looked like a beehive a lot more than a penis so uh even though that's on what the I, inside anyway. on the inside anyway that's true <laughs> well it had the umbrella thing that opened up for whatever reason to i guess to collect the souls it that's why it opened up um but there's not a whole lot of explanation in there, though apparently there was a lot more footage that they ended up cutting from the space scenes. There was supposed to be a lot more on the Churchill. I think the extended cut or whatever had more scenes in it. Um, but I, where was the other one? That, uh, uh, oh, here you go. In true canon fashion, they tried to get Sir Anthony Hopkins to play the Colonel Kane character, who turned it down. Then they thought they had a deal with Terrence Stamp. But for some reason, that fell through. Michael Gothard screen tested for Kane. But then Toby Hooper went with Peter Firth. Uh, <laughs> I just, you, you read about how how they did this. And, oh, there you go. Uh, Marina Sirtis was considered sp for Space Girl. Because after all, she had done two other films with Canon, so um, so they thought maybe they would be able to get her, which would have been interesting for all those Star Trekky heads out there to have both Marina Sirtis and Patrick Stewart in a film. What uh, four years 
before next generation about that not even oh i think i think if she had been in it she probably wouldn't have gotten cast in star trek that's true well i don't know gene ronberry but that's true probably yeah. not but uh, gene ronberry you know still has to end still you know they have to have some approval from the the station the network the studio that's true that yeah that's very true so yeah if she would have got it to where she had to stay naked through the whole uh thing yeah that's true she might not have gotten cast for star trek because of that role um though she would have probably it would have probably been the role in a canon film where she had the most lines because she doesn't seem she didn't get like any di hardly any dialogue in in the Death Wish film she was in unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but that that kind of boggles my mind that they would have been paired together, um, earlier than Star Trek. <laughs> See, so there you go, folks. You you almost had a, a brief brush with. Uh, Trekkieism there, uh, early meeting up. Um, where was it? I, I have to find the one trivia if you bear with me for a moment because I'm like, wait, this is actually a trivia. Um, <laughs> so bear with me, folks. But apparently, Toby Hooper revealed once <clears throat> in the early stages of shooting, they waxed Mathilda May. They, you can imagine where they waxed her because they thought it would make her look less nude. These guys, have they? do they study what anatomy? <laughs> what in... Oh. <laughs> What's the matter, Angelique? No, that's not how it works. That's not so how they, that works. Oh. They, they thought that if they waxed her below that it would make her look less nude unfortunately because they don't study biology it revealed more than expected so they had her grow back a bikini strip <clears throat> to which toby hooper apparently inspected often to make sure to see the progression of the growth of, I'm certain he did. I, yeah. <clears throat> Jesus. I mean, why they make markings for Jesus? Oh God! <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Eighty-five before a lot more of those rules got put in place, and unfortunately, movies like this are why those <laughs> rules of who actually the Merkins have been around since. <sighs> A while. Well, yeah, they could have. E they could have easily. Yeah. So, <laughs> as if the film won't make you uncomfortable now. Uh, <laughs> now that we've ruined it for people. Now I, mean, I just got to think about Toby Hooper down there with a freaking, you know, jeweler's loop, <laughs> checking Matilda May's bikini strip. Thank you. I'm gonna sleep great tonight. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Nope, 27 more pubes. Nope. <laughs> nope. Hey, let me just... A little ruler. Let's see how I'm long. Really... <laughs> Arranging them. One of them. <laughs> just nope. scooch this one over to the left. <laughs> nope, I can still see that. Nope, not yet. <laughs> nope, I can still see that. Not yet. That just... Uh... 
Now, if they film this today, you just got the same people who did who did the brush over of Superman's mustache to do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> So will take his mustache. We'll take his mustache off. Copy paste. We'll copy paste. <laughs> control C. Control V. It's a whole new meaning to the word control V, actually. Yep. So there, there's a little more, too. He says... Uh, he said, uh, well, I want the pubic hair as short as possible and lighten it up. I don't really want to see it. So every morning, uh, this person was on her knees trimming and coloring to make it look perfect. Uh, <laughs> in some cases, the makeup artist didn't actually cut it, but simply sprinkled hairs from wigs around <laughs> to satisfy Hooper. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, kudos to that makeup artist. Yeah, I mean, I guess jobs, it's Hollywood, you know. (laughs) I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid. Do you know what Colombian marching powder is? (laughs) Yes, well, that's why we're doing this. (laughs) Ah, cocaine. Deserved its own Academy Award, as Mr. Shearer would say. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the film is is awkward to begin with, and now after reading some trivia, I'm like, oh, that's that's great, that's great, lovely. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's one of those situations where what I understand it's a movie and it's Hollywood, but that just shows you the mindset, unfortunately. Well- Toby Hooper apparently didn't like pubic hair. <laughs> That's... <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah, color it. Fine, just, okay, color, you know. Or how about you don't have to have her completely naked? Or a flesh-colored thong? You gave the guys a flesh... Stop fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, you gave the guys, you know, flesh-covered tube socks. You could give them, give her a flesh- They made Linnea Quigley wear a latex crotch. I mean, there's yeah. solutions. Yeah, I mean, I don't care what limited budget you have. There are solutions to it. Uh, apparently, they had to glue soles to the bottom of her bare feet so she didn't cut her feet on the glass when she walks out because she blows the glass out from the headquarters where she's at when she escapes um you know which is it's 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 one of those things where you see all these things in the actress because the character herself i actually like (laughs) Mm -hmm. i i actually like this character you know, there's just choices they made that they didn't have to have, I think, that they could still got their idea across. Would you agree, Glenn, that they, they could have gotten this character without needing to be what it is? Sure. <laughs> I mean, so do you think that it was just for the exploitation, uh, uh, sex appeal 
that they Toby Hooper doing something just for the exploitation of it. I don't know if that's a <laughs> thing I could get behind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I'm posing the question is all that <laughs> like I that's fine. You know, I just looked at it. Just, I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious answer. We've already talked about that he was practically measuring her pubes. Yeah, that's true. Of where his mind, as far as the character went, was. That's true, which is sad because, like I said, I. I Angelique, what do you think of her character? I mean, besides the fact that she's not wearing clothes, the character herself. The character herself, I mean, if they had continued on with the the one way, she's a space vampire with cool psychic powers, skip the whole body jumping thing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, when she explodes the glass, that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because, oh, crap, she's powerful. She's a force to be reckoned with. Now what's going to be happening? Absolutely nothing for about half an hour. <laughs> right. Now we're going to sit down and talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's not going to look like herself anymore because we need she's to shoot it. <laughs> we need to shoot a scene outside and we can't have her naked outside in the countryside, apparently. Um but I don't know. I, I mean, I liked her character, though. You know, I thought yeah. this was would have been an interesting character. You know, I was hoping you're hoping for that point where, OK, she does actually eventually find some clothing. She realizes maybe I should be clothed. How should I blend in on Earth? Yeah. Well, I well, I can feed, you know. But no, we don't get that. We get off screen. Oh, she's jumps bodies now. And you're just like. Grasp, they're grasping. <laughs> you know. So, where does this rank for you, Glenn, for canon films? Really low tier, medium. There, there's more than one tier for well, canon. Can, can um, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we had we had films like you know, we, so, we did we did have some some decent canon films. Uh this is. low mid-tier mm-hmm. so i mean the story is a complete mess right but i mean the effects in some scenes are really good the puppetry effects of the of the zombies is really really good for for you know 1985 mm-hmm. on what was probably not a huge budget i mean some pretty good work on that stuff so yeah yeah low mid-tier what about you angelique where does it rank for you for canon film mid-tier mm-hmm. you know i as far as canon goes i prefer the the straight action right films mm-hmm. so it's, like i said earlier it's no cobra <laughs> <laughs> it is no cobra no but it is i mean you could see what they were trying to do and in all honesty, oh, yeah. I mean, I I think we all agree that if they would have picked a lane and stuck with it mm-hmm. for 90 minutes, I think you actually kind of have an interesting, weird, but interesting space vampire story. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not bad. I've seen far worse movies, you know, probably that came out at the very same time as like... <laughs> very 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 much so uh well that's the thing is this is 
when you talk about some cannon field, this is, I mean, there is some effort you could tell put into this. It, it just, they felt off the rails and probably because of budget and just decisions, you know, made not only by the director, but by the producers, I think. Um, I don't know the whole story. And this is where it comes in, folks. You saw it coming. Here it is. I didn't see it because it's not in Austin Trunick's book yet, the volume one, because it only goes to 1984. So I'm looking forward to seeing his next volume where he'll be talking about this film. Uh, <laughs> the Canon Film Guide, volume two. Yes, I will plug this thing every Canon show, folks. Just, you know. There you go, because I'm looking forward to the second volume, which he says is extremely long, full of interviews. And I imagine Life Force is definitely going to be one of those that's going to be front and center in the book. So I'm looking forward to that. But Canon Film Guide Volume 1 is out. Make sure you check it out for all the great stuff. And yeah, we'll wrap it up here. It's not a deep film. It's an odd film. I don't think you could call this a horrible film, like you said, Angelique. I think that's that's does a disservice for the work that was put into it. It, As far as a film by itself, a lot of good elements and production elements are in here. You start thinking about the other things and what's actually going on. Well, then, you know, it's not exactly a a, a good film. Uh, Definitely a product of its time and a product of canon. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you. I hope you liked this rambling of life force. Uh, I'm not sure where it sits with me. It's not one I visit often. Um, but it's one that I think once you watch it, you will remember. it, <laughs> And, and you'll at least know what people, uh, what people are referring to. Uh, so before we get to the shilling tonight, it is a Canon film folks. We've got to load the cannon and I'm going to have Glenn because it's a special day for Glenn. I'm not going to say what, but it's a special day for him. So uh, Glenn. I pooped in the potty. You, he did <laughs> all by himself, not in his pants. Well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but our list, as we do with every Canon film folks fodder episode, we have the Canon fired to determine what our next Canon film will be that we will talk about next month. The list has been whittled down. We only have four left for the year. So, Mr. Glenn Bittner, BFD, grab a number between one and four, and let's load it into the cannon and see what we get. I'm not grabbing a number. He's going to roll, He's gonna roll, roll a number. Four. Oh, look at that. That would be a four. A four. Let's see. Uh, load the cannon. We're putting four in the cannon, and let's see what we get here, folks. To hit, and there can be only one. We are covering Highlander next month. <gasps> Again, an appropriate pick by an appropriate crew member. How does this keep happening? I don't plan this folk at all. But our man, the guy who I have mad respect for his gamer skills, DM and otherwise fantasy skills, it is appropriate that Glenn 
would hit Highlander. Swords, Scottish, <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's appropriate for you, I think. So, so, and he just nods. He's like, so well shot, Glenn. Next month will be Highlander. I will have to figure out a theme. Maybe not, but I'll f- probably figure out a theme for next month around Highlander. I don't know if I want to cover the other Highlander films just because it would require me to watch Highlander 2. Other Highlander films. <laughs> there could be only one. <laughs> there can be. There can be only one. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a month of Clancy Brown films. You can, you can do, yeah, we can do that. Or you could do Highlander Club, and then you could do the Highlander Club or Highlander, and then the Highlander Club episode of the Goldbergs would be another one. And then, uh, and then just uh, just follow Clancy Brown around for a day with a camera. Maybe another one. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. We we have a mutual Glenn and I have a mutual friend. I, I love the man, Robin. When I see Clancy Brown, <laughs> he reminds me some of Clancy Brown from Starship Troopers. He really does. <laughs> in a good way. I mean that in a great way because I love the character in Starship Troopers. So, and, but if you see him, just he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. And. <laughs> I love him dearly, uh, uh, you know, but yeah. <laughs> so Highlander, folks, there you have it. That's what you got looking forward to next month's Cannon Fodder film. So now, as always, is a license to show for all my wonderful crew members since uh, they are very patient with this rambling host. So, uh, Glenn, you have anything that you want to shill at all? You're welcome uh, to. If you like gamey stuff, like tabletop games, you can check me out on Twitter or on the TikTok because I'm one of the old people on TikTok. So it's all all under games in a bunker, all one word. So gives great advice if you're a DD fan or if you're just a gamer in general, check it out. I love your TikToks, Glenn. And it's not just because I know you. I find them highly entertaining. I liked your uh the hook, the adventure hook one that you did recently where you you pitch the story in that's in a dungeon, like a prison. Oh, prison. Yeah. The devil's gullet. The devil's gullet. Yeah. I was I, taken from one of my little horror ones. I do. I, I started doing some fireside horror, uh, like two minute horror stories. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. I was like, I'd play that adventure. So check his stuff out, folks. All good stuff. Games in a bunker. And Angelique, I know. My friend, you have some stuff to shill, so please shill away. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Just look for Hostess with the Ghostess, and you'll find me. Um, check us out on MonstersMadnessAndMagic.com. We've got articles, and our podcast is really taken off. We've got some really fun interviews coming down the pipe. Um, we just posted our upcoming schedule for releases so uh, yeah we've, we've got some some good stuff coming it is some <laughs> excellent guests in their uh was it the uh sanctum of the portal uh, of the podcast in the sanctuary of the strange sanctuary of the strange thank you i love that name 
<laughs> I, I can never pronounce it because I'm broken like that. But yeah, I love the Sanctuary <laughs> of the Strange. And folks, if you're at all interested at all of anything that I might have, yeah, uh, we've got a link tree link now where you can go and you can find the links to everything or to specialmarkproductions.com. All the links are there. Unfortunately, folks, you've heard me talk about it earlier. SMP Radio is off the air. Um, that venture did not take off like I was hoping for. And I couldn't provide the programs that I wanted to provide people. So I unfortunately cut my loss on that. And But I did it. I did it. I followed Master Yoda's plan of not try. I do or do not. And I did it. But it just wasn't what I expected, nor what I wanted to provide people. So for whatever that's worth. So, so there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And now we just say a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. There could be only one. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> you have been listening to a Special Mark Productions production. If you're looking for even more Spoiler Room content, head on over to our Patreon.com slash Special Mark Productions site, where you can join one of our reasonably priced tiers and get access to even more exclusive content. Speaking of getting access, head on over to SpecialMarkProductions.com and click our new merchandise store link, which will take you to our store where you can get some of that sweet, sweet Spoiler Room merchandise and wear the logo of your favorite podcast. There's also Final Cut and Special Mark Productions merchandise as well. All kinds of things for all kinds of tastes. We thank you once again, and remember, in the Spoiler Room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies.